Uh, just a, a, a word of introduction uh, before we read God's Word. Uh, this sermon this evening is uh, an eat-your-vegetables type of sermon. Uh, vegetables are not sweet, but, you know, just, just eat them. They're good for you, and you will grow to like them. And hopefully most of us do grow to, okay, I, I like vegetables. Uh, spiritual disciplines don't always feel good. Uh, yet we, we grow to appreciate them and see their value in our lives. Uh, this sermon also could be seen as a spiritual training sermon. So who knows what's going to happen this winter on February 7. Anybody know what happens this winter on February 7? You might have an idea. You just don't know the exact date. There's circles with... Yes, it is the, the Olympics, Winter Olympics in, in Russia, Sochi, uh, Russia. Uh, and so when I think about the Olympics, you know, there's one of those sports that I, well, there's many sports that you never watch, but then you watch at the Olympics. One of the most uh, sports that gets the most attention is uh, figure skating. And, and here they are, uh, these skaters with great skill, uh, beautiful outfits, and crowds and the world's attention. And... Uh, you know, you think there were countless hours, countless hours that went in to prepare for this. Uh, no crowds, no attention, boring outfits, and quite frankly, it didn't feel good most of the time. It, it was a struggle, but it, it led up to this grand event. Well, the sermon, a fast sermon, uh, I don't think it'll be too long. Uh, but really, it's on, it's on fasting. It is on the spiritual discipline of uh, fasting. Uh, this is a spiritual exercise that was practiced in both the Old and the New Testament. And uh, when you think about it, as you look historically, uh, this has been practiced by Christians throughout the centuries of church history and then ignored by us. Really, I mean, largely uh, ignored by us, uh, this uh, centuries-old spiritual discipline. And uh, it, it's more than just giving up food. I, wanna, I want us to see that it's, it's spiritual training and exercise. It's, it's more than just fasting, it's, it's faith. And uh, as we train in this way, we will become, shall we say, more skillful skaters spiritually uh, to, to build God's kingdom. Uh, the scripture passage this evening is from uh, the book of Matthew, uh, and I am going to read verses uh, 16 through 21. Uh, Matthew 6, 16 to 21. To place this in context... Uh, Jesus is delivering what uh, we have come to know as one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. And in this passage particular, Jesus offers some words about giving to the needy, then about prayer, in which we find the Lord's Prayer, and then we come to the subject of fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, For they 
disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of the Lord. Fasting. First, I think it's good to note from the text when, not if, not you must, but the word when. In the Old Testament, from the law of Moses, the Israelites were commanded to fast once a year on the Day of Atonement. As Jewish history went along during the exile when the uh, Israelites, and most notably those from Judah and Jerusalem that were forced to move to to Babylon, uh, during those days, other fasts were added uh, to the Jewish calendar uh, during the year. Um, There were other fasting times that popped up for particular reasons. So, for instance... During the time of Nehemiah and uh, that tense time with uh, uh, foreign uh, groups that wanted to put a stop to the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem, uh, Nehemiah led his people, uh, led the people of God in, in worship that included reading of the law, included prayer and confession of sin, and included fasting. Famous fasting time in the Bible is during the time of Queen Esther, when there was a a great threat against the Jewish people, even possible annihilation of the Jewish race. And here Esther urged her people to fast and pray for three days. When we come to the New Testament, Jesus fasted before he entered public ministry. Before the early church sent out some of its first missionaries, they fasted and prayed. And also in the book of Acts, after Paul, well, when Paul was revisiting those first churches in Galatia that he established on the first missionary journey, the Bible says they appointed elders and commissioned them with prayer and fasting. Now, in this text here, Jesus assumes his disciples will fast, and In context here, it's talking about giving to the needy. Okay, yeah, sure, give to the needy, all right. Uh, When you pray, oh, sure, we pray, of course, when we pray. And then when you fast, it's just right in the the order here. Um, It is clear that it's not a commandment. Jesus or any of the apostles never said, all right, here's when you need to fast. Here's for how long you need to fast. Here are all the details with fasting. It's not a commandment. Um, 
but it is, it is assumed that it will happen. So for this message, the purpose is in no way a guilt trip. That wouldn't be right. I don't think that would be biblical. Uh, it's more of an encouragement to uh, consider in your own life and in the life of church how might fasting intersect with your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so I'd like to just uh, briefly this evening uh, now think about what is fasting, why should we fast, and a few thoughts on fasting itself, how to fast. So uh, first, what is fasting? Uh, well, what it is not. It is not dieting, and it is not skipping a meal because you were too busy. Oh, I'm so spiritual, I skipped breakfast today. You know, uh, this, is, this is not fasting. Uh, fasting, what is it? It is giving up food for spiritual reasons. And in the Bible, fasting is always combined with prayer. It is not a spiritual discipline that stands on its own. It is always combined with prayer. Now, there are other types of fasts that people talk about. Um, I hear these most often during Lent. Like, what are you giving up for Lent? You know, the, the sad woman who says chocolate. Or, uh, you know, I'm giving up sweets or giving up TV. And, and uh, these actually can be very valuable uh, to one's a spiritual walk. And uh, very often for kids, uh, this might be a way in which they can participate uh, in, in fasting. Um, I always say when it comes to children, even high school students, uh, this always needs to come under a guidance of parents, of course, uh, when you talk about uh, the idea of fasting. Uh, but for this message, I want to specifically focus on skipping a meal or meals for a time of extended prayer. The point is, the time that you would spend eating, you don't eat, and you use that time to pray. So that is fasting. Now, why fast? Of course, the Bible gives us a couple wrong reasons. Uh, in the Old Testament, there were people that made sure that they fasted and went to the temple to worship. And uh, they almost came across, well, not almost, they did come across as, I have paid up. God should accept me because I have done these religious rituals. And oh my, Isaiah, other Old Testament prophets, come down hard. Come down, where is your heart? Do not fast to think that you can score points with Almighty God. When we come to the New Testament, uh, and in this passage in particular, uh, Jesus references the Pharisees and fasting. Why did they fast? Well, one, quite frankly, one of the reasons was to impress others. L look at me. Uh, as far as we know, the Pharisees during New Testament times fasted about twice a week, and they made sure that everybody knew that they were fasting. And Jesus told them, different words, excuse me, this is not pride and fasting. This is prayer and fasting. Pharisees had that mixed up a bit. So what are the right reasons for fasting? 
I think one way to phrase it is it is a time to focus on desiring God. Focus on desiring God. So when we fast, we can know God more intimately when we fast. We all desire food a lot, don't we? And uh, we are so blessed. It is such a blessing to live in a time in history and in a place in this world where food supply for us is not an issue, not a problem. I, I do, I thank the Lord for this. However, abundance not only can be a blessing, it can also be a situation that can lead people into a state of spiritual apathy, spiritual laziness. And uh, fasting has a, has a purifying effect and uh, can grow us in a more intimate relationship with God. Because in fasting, we, we are declaring, I desire to know Jesus more than I desire food. Jesus is my bread of life. And this is more important. Ultimately, this is even more important than food. Although we are thankful for food and and we need food. Fasting can help us discern God's will. Fasting is, is uncomfortable. It's humbling. We naturally don't feel like doing it. And during fasting, hidden areas of of selfishness, I believe, can, can rise to the surface. And as we deal with that sin that becomes clearer and also burdens us more, then we are more able to accurately discern God's will through fasting. Fasting also can give us greater spiritual power to do God's will. Greater spiritual power to do God's will. The Apostle Paul says that the the power of the resurrection is within believers of Jesus Christ. I I don't know, I still don't totally get that because it's just so big. The power of the resurrection is with believers in Jesus Christ. And during fasting, as we humble ourselves, uh, we are weak. As we desire food, we are weak, but he is strong. We understand the need that we need to trust in God's power and not always just trust in ourselves to solve the situation. So, in fasting, we can grow in our desire for God. And uh, particularly, uh, what I mentioned here is to know God more intimately, to discern God's will, and also to be empowered to do God's will. And then, uh, last, how to fast. Uh, One way is, is, is to have a plan, is to have a plan. And uh, I would say start easy. Maybe you won't, don't think this is easy, but start easy with fasting one meal. Uh, during that time, be sure, of course, that uh, you drink enough water. And uh, maybe if you're really hurting, 
you know, some Gatorade or some fruit juice uh, to get you through. Uh, but one meal. And then during that meal, spend that time in prayer. Spend that time in prayer. It's good to have a plan. And fasting can be worked into a regular rhythm of life. But also, as we see from the Bible, there are certain times where we we might be particularly burdened about something. And so we, we, we fast. I remember once when I was in seminary, there was uh, some, oh my, there was something I was really burdened about. I'm not going to tell you, sorry. But uh, I, was, I was just really burdened about it. So much so that I said to myself, the next three days, no lunch. It was in, during a nice time of the year. And so I, I took a prayer walk. It was, uh, uh, I did not run or else I would have fainted or something. But I, I took a prayer walk and for three days, while my friends went off to the cafeteria, uh, I just alone uh, went off and walked and prayed uh, for myself. Uh, the result of this uh, was just a real sense of, of God's peace, that he is sovereign and he's in control. And so I can rest in that. Um, there are burdens that we carry as humans. This is a part of life. And uh, sometimes, sometimes God might be calling you for a specific time, for a specific reason to commit yourself to fasting and to prayer. Maybe it is over a family member for some reason. Maybe it is over an issue personally of, of, of direction of life. Of, of job. Uh, maybe it's over a, an issue in the church and uh, a few people come together and, and fast and pray. I don't know what that would look like in your life, but I encourage you uh, to build this spiritual discipline into your life. When I lived in uh, Colorado, uh, I did some fasting here and there. And uh, then I, I moved out to back, back to Illinois in, in 99, and to be honest with you, I largely forgot about this. Then one day, and this is probably, oh boy, now maybe you know seven years ago, uh, a high school student came up to me, and he said, why don't we ever hear about fasting? It's just a question he had. I went, wow. Now, uh, he went to, uh, he attended the church that I attended, and so I thought, uh, you know, I, I, I talked with him occasionally, and uh, even after that, we, we met here and there and, and talked about issues of faith, but I never forgot his question. His question, that one question challenged me, and so that, uh, that um, well, the next time it was Lent, I thought, I'm going to fast one, one meal a week, fast and pray. And uh, this is a spiritual discipline, right? does not feel good. Uh, but, but over that season of Lent, fasting and praying, I thought, why, why stop at Lent? Why not, why not continue? And uh, so 
Um, I don't treat this as legalistic, and it's not every week, but I like to do most weeks where at least I have a meal uh, where I fast and pray. Friends, this is not a spiritual discipline anymore. It is a spiritual delight. And I believe that's what God wants to, to work within us. So this evening, we, we took a look at, at God's word. Uh, you heard some uh, of my thoughts on this subject of the spiritual discipline of fasting. Uh, from my heart, it is words that I, I want to encourage you with, and I want to leave you with Jesus' words when you fast. Amen.